What's up, folks? This episode of The Gently Mad is brought to you by Fizzle.co, an amazing educational resource for entrepreneurs, but mostly a community of people who are right where you are who won't let you quit. Check out the amazing deal that Fizzle is offering to you, listeners of this podcast, by going to fizzle.co slash TGM and get six weeks free, six weeks completely free to check out everything in the community and all the courses, etc. No brainer. Just do it. Trust me. Just do it. All right. Let's get on with the show. This is The Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. How's it going, folks? This is The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. This is episode 30 of the show. If you want to listen to older episodes, you can check those out at avclark.com slash TGM. See the entire archive where you can also subscribe, rate, review, links to all that stuff there if you're interested in that. Got a good show today for you. I had a, a question, a listener submit a question about uh, something she called the dip which I'm sure you're all familiar with. In any entrepreneurial venture, there's always a dip. And so that's why this episode is entitled The Dip, When to Push Through and When to Quit. And I'm just going to say up front that everything I'm going to talk about here is stolen from Seth Godin for the most part. I mean, he wrote a book called The Dip, and it's an amazing little book. It's not even 60 pages, I don't think. And it's absolutely worth getting and reading because it will be simultaneously an encouragement and and a kick in the pants to, to help you know what to do and how to do it. So before we dive into that topic, I want to say a couple thank yous. Got a handful of reviews this week, and I also want to say thank you to John Locke, who uh, jumped on board and donating to the show, and I really appreciate that. Uh, John is a web designer, developer, and you can check his stuff out at lockdowndesign.com. There'll be a link in the show notes at avclark.com slash 30. If you are in need of a web designer, I would recommend checking his stuff out. Um, As I said, we've got a handful of reviews this week, all of which are much appreciated. I'm just going to read this one really quick from username Color Turtle. Um... And Color Turtle says, I, I love this show because I really get where it's coming from. I absolutely love this show. Adam is someone who honestly and consistently tries to genuinely make a difference as he interviews other genuine people and asks them how they struggle to do the same. It's more than just about making money. It's inherently about trying to tap into what really makes you tick to pursue being your best genuine self 
as you spend hours each day doing your job. Well, thanks, Color Turtle. I appreciate that review. That is what I'm trying to do with this show, and I'm glad that you get it. I'm glad that all of you who listen do seem to get it. I've been doing some listener interviews, which is a really interesting experiment. I'm calling up people who listen to the show and asking them about who they are and why they listen and just getting to know you guys. If you want to do that, be part of that, then send me an email, adam at abclark.com, and we'll schedule a short 10, 15-minute Skype call or cell call and and uh, do that. I'd love it if you want to be part of that. I love getting to know you guys more. All right, so as I said, the topic today is the dip, and it's a, it's a tough topic because, first of all, anything worth doing in life comes with a dip. There's always a dip. You know, picture in your head a diagram where at the bottom, uh, you're the bottom left corner and there's a little, a little like half moon. It goes up and then it goes down and then it's a slow, long curve up and to the right. And that slow, long curve is the dip. And the difference between people who are successful and are world-class are people who push through the dip and people who quit. And it's not that quitting is bad. Quitting is good. That's Seth Godin's whole point is how to quit strategically. And we're going to get into that a little bit. I guess first, I'm just going to play the question from Rebecca that uh, she sent in, and then we'll go from there. Hey, Adam, my question is, how do you distinguish between a dip and a failure? When do you just need to push through and when do you need to recognize that something has failed and you need to change directions altogether? Thanks. Well, thanks, Rebecca, for sending in that question. I do appreciate it. This is a really great question and a really hard one to answer. It's hard because it's different for every person and only you know if you can push through the dip or if you'll end up quitting. Now, I do think there are some principles here, though. And as I said before, everything I'm going to talk about is pretty much stolen from Seth Godin and how I've applied what he's talked about to my own situation. I think it would be helpful to define what we're talking about here. Seth talks about dips and cul-de-sacs. Dips are things that you should push through, and cul-de-sacs are things you should quit. Cul-de-sacs are dead-end jobs, etc., things that you know are going nowhere and you should quit. The struggle is knowing if you're in a cul-de-sac or if you're in a dip. And just by way of definition here, you know, Seth defines the difference as as this. You know, a dip is something that's really difficult, but with the opportunity to be the best in the world on the other side. And cul-de-sacs are where continued time and effort lead you right back to the same spot, where you never get anywhere. I'm going to play a little clip from an episode of a, uh, it's not exactly a podcast. You can get it on iTunes. It's called Startup School by Seth Godin, but it's really just a, a, a mini series, a series of episodes that were recorded live from an event he did several years ago. And I'm going to start with this little clip from Seth. In our society, starting stuff is uh, applauded. That when you say to your grandmother, I'm pre-med, party will ensue. That when you join the gym, you already feel healthier 
all you did was sign a check. That when you tell people you're engaged, parties will ensue. That there's this sense that going down a new road is exciting. Clean paper in your notebook. So lots of people start stuff. And almost nobody finishes stuff. Very few pre-meds end up becoming neurosurgeons. Right? Half of all marriages end up in divorce. Now you can go down the list. There's lots of things we say we're going to do on a Wednesday afternoon, and then three, four, six months, two years down the road, we're not doing it anymore. Why? Well, if we look at the economics of the situation, it's this. The reason those outcomes are valuable is they're scarce. Not, there aren't a lot of neurosurgeons, which is why neurosurgeons get paid a lot. If everyone was a neurosurgeon, brain surgery would be cheap. But in fact, there are few. So how do we get from lots of people start businesses, lots of people start projects, lots of people open restaurants, et cetera, et cetera, to only a few come out at the other end? And there's some really important things going on here. First is, do you want to be the best in the world at what it is you do? Do you have whatever it is, whatever it takes in you to do that at all costs, at whatever costs? And when I say best in the world, when Seth says best in the world, I think there's a point of confusion there. It doesn't mean the best in the history of the universe. What it means is best, as in best for your customer right now, based on what they believe and what they know, and in the world, as in their world, the world they have access to. There was a study done that Seth Godin references in that talk, and I don't know who it was done by, so you'll have to Google it if you want to know, but this was a study. He said to people, you get a letter from a lawyer, and what the lawyer says is, I represent a client who recently passed away and left $5 million. You get half of it if you find the other person who also gets half of it. So if the two of you, strangers, find each other, you each get $2.5 million. You need to find each other at noon on September 10th in Paris. And you're not allowed to run any ads or do anything to actively find each other. So the question is, what would you do to maximize the chance that you meet this other person at noon on September 10th? And the vast majority of people say they would go to the base of the Eiffel Tower. So it turns out that the Eiffel Tower is the best in the world as a solution to this problem. The point is, no one says the Café Lomi, and no one says Abby's Bookshop. Most people pick one place. Best in the world is the best thing in the moment. For example, the best real estate agent is usually the one who calls you back first. The best pizza place is the one who has what you want when you want it. It may not actually be the best pizza in the world, but it is the best pizza in the world for you in that moment. I think it's really key to understand this point. I'm going to play another clip from Seth explaining this a little bit more right after this brief word from our sponsor. So we've been talking about the dip and the struggles involved in pushing through and knowing when to quit and when to stick and all of that stuff. 
And so this is perfect. This is a perfect example of where Fizzle, Fizzle.co, comes into play and can be extremely helpful. Entrepreneurship can be lonely. It can be extremely lonely and isolating because people don't get it. You know, it feels like you're the weird kid in the class that doesn't fit in. And what Fizzle does is it takes that away. It makes you feel like you're not the weird kid in class anymore, but you're surrounded by a bunch of other people who are just like you and dealing with the same issues you have. Here's what Donnie Lawson has to say. Donnie it helps his wife with her business, which is a website called justagirlandherblog.com. I think anytime you're trying to build something online, there's inevitably gonna be ups and downs. I mean, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some low points for sure. And I think if you're trying to do that on your own, you know, people in real life around you, friends, family, they may have really have no idea what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build. And so if you're out there by yourself doing that, you're going to give up. I mean, it's just it's just the way it works. I mean, we're not, um, you know, we're not robots here. But, but I think the difference with Fizzle is it, it just doesn't feel like you're trying to do it by yourself. You're you're following along in the forums as other people are building their business online. You're taking courses, so you're learning directly from Corbett and Chase and, and others. So you're, you feel like you're part of a community that, uh, that, you're, that you're not on an island and that it is possible because, hey, look, you know, that other person who started from nowhere, you know, look what they've built in the past 12 months. So it's, it's, it's encouragement, you know, when, when you need it. And I, I think without kind of that, uh, that lifeline or that support system, it's easy to just give up and say, yeah, I know this is hard. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. But, um, you know, I think, I think because it is so hard, you know, that's what makes it worthwhile to keep pushing through, to keep building, even, even when you're seeing very little results. So if you don't know by now, the Fizzle guys are giving you, my listeners, the Gently Mad listeners, an amazing offer, six weeks free trial of everything in Fizzle. You can go in and join the community, check out the courses, all for free. We've already got a thriving little community of TGMers in there. And so go to fizzle.co slash TGM, sign up for your free six-week trial, and then look me up and join in the community. I'd love to connect with you on a more deep level there. So again, fizzle.co slash TGM, sign up for your free trial and connect with me and I'll see you on the other side. What does best in the world mean? It means world as in my world, the only little place I care about, not the wide, wide world. So, you know, I was, I was telling Don about the realtor down the street. He's the best in the world at selling residential houses in the 10706 zip code. Right? So it's not the world world, it's my world. And best doesn't mean the most expensive or the most supreme or the fanciest. It just means the one I will pick. The one I will pick for my budget, the one that I choose, is the best. Because why would I pick anything other than my best option? So the goal in whatever we build is to be the best in the world at it. And thanks to the internet, it's easier to, for there just to be one. And the reason that we can't all be the best in the world is because it's scarce. And somewhere between the day we get excited and we start, and the end, we quit. And I have two things to say about quitting. One, 
quitting is underrated, that we quit things all the time. Most of you don't still take ballet lessons, right? Someone, some people in this room, when you were four, had a tutu. You don't have a tutu anymore, I hope. <laughs> so along the way, you quit ballet. And you don't beat yourself up about it. You just, that's part of what it is to do things. You quit. But the thing is, we quit the wrong things at the wrong time. We quit our workout schedule right before it's something that was about to become a habit and actually make us healthy, right? We quit the marathon, not at mile two, when everyone's cheering us on, but at mile 22, which is when everyone quits. And if we just went a little further, we would get all the benefits of finishing. But it's in that moment when we can't go on that we quit. So what I argue for is a really simple thing, which is don't start anything unless you've invested what it's going to take to finish it. I'm not talking about hobbies and stuff like that. I'm talking about projects. Don't start a project unless you're prepared to go to the end. Okay, so at this point, I think we understand what it means to be the best in the world as we've defined it. So you've started your project, you're moving along, and you're hitting rough times. And as Rebecca asked, you're not sure whether it's just a dip or whether it's a cul-de-sac, if it's a dead end, and you should quit and move on to something else. So here are a few things that I think may help you in that moment. One, are you really passionate about it? Is this something you really do love and feel strongly about? I think that you have to love the process and not just the outcome. If you're just after, for example, money or fame, then you're going to have a really hard time because when it gets tough, you're, the motivation just isn't going to be there. There are going to be other opportunities that promise more money or fame or whatever, and you're going to quit and go after those opportunities. So one thing to think about is, do you really love this thing? Do you really, really want to see it through? Because if you do, then it's going to be a lot easier to push through all the hardships that are going to come your way if what you're doing is something worth doing. Another thing is, if more effort, more work, more pushing through produces little value... So you work harder, you, you try to push through these difficulties and figure out the answers, but nothing is happening. You're not getting anywhere. It's You just keep ending up back at square one. That may be a sign that this is a dead end, that this isn't the thing that you should be working on. If you're getting up every day and dreading what you have to do, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. And that's not to say that work is always fun. Every project, there are always parts of it that you're going to dread and that are going to be really, really hard. But I'm, I'm talking overall here. If you're waking up every morning overall and dreading what you're doing and not getting anywhere, then I think that's a decent sign that this is probably a dead end. Another thing to ask yourself is, is it worth the cost? Is the payoff at the other side worth the cost of going through the dip. And this is going to be different for everyone. And it's going to depend on your life circumstances, whether you're married, single, have kids. Uh, there's a lot of factors at play here and you have to evaluate this for yourself. But is pushing through, is doing all this hard work going to be worth the payoff in the end? If it's not, 
if you if you think about that, if you think about what success would be on the other side and you feel like that is not worth everything I have to go through to get there, then that's another sign, I think, that you may be on a dead end. You have to know that probably the first seven or eight times you try to do something, it's going to fail. People aren't going to sign up. You'll be dismissed or ignored. You'll run into all sorts of problems. But you'll learn from each of those. And the ninth time you do it, it's going to work. But if you quit at number seven, you'll never know that. So that's what you need to be preparing for. You need to prepare for the long game. This is a long haul game. This isn't a short term thing. People who focus on the short term may land that job, may get some immediate cash, but it's not going to last. You need to be ready for struggle and obstacles and failures. It's about having a process in place that will allow you to keep pushing through the dip and come out on the other side. The last thing I want to talk about has to do with fear. A lot of it just comes down to fear and facing our fear. Over and over and over again, out of all the people I talk to on the show and privately and one-on-one, I talk to people all the time. You know, the, the episodes I release are just a fraction of the conversations that I have. And over and over and over again, it comes down to where is your fear? Where is your soft spot? Where is the place you're protecting? And when we somehow let down our guard and expose that soft spot is when it seems like we're able to do our best work. So if you're like me and you spent your life jumping from one thing to the next, it's almost always about avoiding fear, avoiding the thing that you're afraid of facing. It's almost never about talent at all. It's always about fear because it's easier to say, well, I failed at this and just move on to the next thing. Instead of facing your fear pushing through that fear and exposing your fear. I don't know why it is really. I don't know what it is, what it is about the things we're afraid of that is so key to this whole thing. I think somehow that we're ingrained from children. The just idea is ingrained to us that the thing that we deep down really want to be, really want to do just isn't possible. We're just not good enough. It just can't happen for us. But once you believe that, once you cross that line where you believe that it is possible, the thing you really want to do is possible, and you face your fear of doing that thing, then I think that you have the opportunity to do something remarkable, something that can truly leave an impact on someone else. So the last thing that I want to say here is if you're in the dip, if you're in the struggle and you don't know what to do, look for what you're afraid of. Look around, find the thing that you're afraid of and do that thing. Because almost always the thing you're afraid of is the thing that is most uniquely and authentically you. That's the thing we don't want to expose to the world. And ironically, that is the thing the world wants. That's the thing that people want from you, is that kind of authenticity. 
So I don't know. I hope that helps, Rebecca. It's a really tough issue. And it's hard for me because I'm in the middle of it myself right now. I'm in the middle of the dip. I mean, I'm six weeks into the show and the first month was amazing and it just blew up and it was the beginning of a new thing and it was exciting. And now I've hit the point where it's uh, the curve has gone down and it's hard. It's really hard and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of late nights and a lot of hours and a lot of stress. And I get up every day and sometimes I think, do I want to keep doing this? Is it worth something? Is it worth anything at all? And so far the answer has been yes. The answer for me is that I think I can push through this. I, I want to do it badly enough that I think I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get on the other side of the dip and make the best show in the world for the people that need this show. So I would recommend in closing that you check out Seth Godin's book, The Dip. It's short. It's like all of his stuff, pretty much life changing. <laughs> and you can also go into iTunes and check out Startup School by Seth Godin. It's a mini series, as I said before. And he talks about a lot of this stuff there. And both of those things are worth your time. So if you resonate with any of this, if you're struggling through any of this, if you feel like maybe you're on the other side of it, then email me and let me know. I'd, I'd love to read it maybe um, next week on the show. Um, stories of, from those of you who have made it through and, and how you made it through. That'd be amazing. So if you want to do that, shoot me an email, adam at avclark.com. Again, I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for the question, Rebecca. If you have a question, you can go to avclark.com slash ask and click the little button there that says start recording and leave me a question and I will talk about it on this show. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for being here because I love doing this and it means a lot to me that it matters to some of you. All right, that's it for this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Oh, and one last thing I forgot to mention. You can still get in on the giveaway this week from Cotton Bureau. A t-shirt, free t-shirt with shipping. Uh, Cotton Bureau is donated. Go to avclark.com slash giveaway and get in on that. I'll be announcing the winner on Monday. So you have, uh, well, pretty limited time here um, the next day or so to get in on that. All right, guys. That's it. As I said, hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for being there. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. I don't know, I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?